Poor Splinter. <laughs> he does kind of look like a dog. Yeah. He does. He does. A very wise dog. Kind of like a Labrador. Yeah. yeah That's right. Yeah. Lovable. Very lovable. Whatever, whatever that dog in Homeward Bound was, a pretty wise looking dog. Yeah. That one. Oh, don't, don't. You know, oh, that was the first time yeah. I ever cried. Oh, dude. Homeward Bound, man. Yeah. You remember when he was stuck in the hole and he goes, just go without me, Charles. Oh, dude. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Don Turtle Flakes podcasters. Man, go, go, go. Get him. Go, 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 go. Cowabunga, dudes, you do that. And welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes podcast. It is episode 112, and it is a beautiful Saturday morning here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I am your lowly co-host, Rob. And joining with me, as always, is Mr. Rorksteady. How are you? Doing good, sir. How about you? Uh, doing good, Hosehead. And, of course, Jay Weezy. How are you? Yo, yo, yo. Good morning. Yo, yo. I got my boys. Boys in the house. Good to be back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt that awkward pause. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good deal, guys. Well, today, guys, we are back to the classic era of the Turtles. Uh, and with our new format, usually what we do is we dedicate an episode to a comic book. And then the, ne- the following episode will be a cartoon episode. And, of course, both shows will have a toy review. And Josh has a dandy for us today. But, hosers, you know, before we go any further, how have you all been doing? It's been a little over a week since we recorded. Oh man, it's this has been a rough week. Ugh, mm. Just man, just between ice storms and then yesterday it was like forty, so all the ice melted, and then I had to go out and like clean up the yard because it was just full <laughs> of just like slush and dog poop. And oh. ugh, God, man, let's be honest, dog- Josh. We know that was yours. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's always somebody in a bathroom here, so you, I mean, you got to go now. You go outside, you know. So you I gotta, gotta, you gotta go. There. You gotta go. At least Nicole's you know, got like, him trained to go outside. <laughs> she still has She's got a little doghouse out there. Yeah. She still uh, keeps the uh, the puppy pads around the house just in case newspapers. You know, <laughs> you, know you know, you get some Taco Bell, man. You need, in a pinch, you just uh, yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes you don't think you'll make it to the front door. That's right. <laughs> but uh, oh, like, it was scary yesterday because our dog Jem got off of her lead and she ran away for oh three hours. She does. It. She always comes back. It's fine. But like last, like last night she came back and she brought a dead vulture with her. What? A vulture? She oh, killed man. a vulture. Man, oh. that is hardcore. I've never seen a dog do that. So I was waking up this morning waiting for her to be like you know rabid. And I was like, I really don't want to get bit by a dog. Because <laughs> I've seen Cujo, man. And oh, that's scary stuff. I was just thinking uh, that. Oh, man, man. this is, and this it doesn't help the fact that this dog's already mostly wolf anyway because she's a husky. Oh. So she's like one step away. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, well, you've had a week. No kidding. Jeez. Oh, God. Yeah. That was just last night. That dog is a major <laughs> idiot, though. I just. Uh, that dog is so stupid. It looks like that one hyena from Lion King that always has its tongue sticking out. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
gosh. You're so Ed, funny. that's what this dog is. It's Ed from The Lion King. <laughs> I forgot about Ed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you all think Ed is cool until you have one, and it's like, oh, this dog <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, wow. So what about you, Jay Weezy? How was your week? Uh, You know, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, at work, I'm just uh, transitioning into a new role, so, you know, just trying to get get my arms around everything that's got to happen uh i got some new people starting so i gotta work on figuring out uh getting stuff for them to do uh just really <laughs> this week man it was mm-hmm. it was crazy but we made it through uh, really really happy it's saturday uh it's it's great to be out we we had some snow uh some snow on thursday that was crazy oh, wow. yeah so it was actually it was like a winter storm morning so it took a while to get home so yeah it was crazy but dude uh, i was just looking forward to being able to Settle down and uh, look at some Turtles comics with you guys. And... Amen that. Well, yeah. good deal, man. Uh, it's always always something to look forward to when you, when you got Turtles on the weekend, man. Uh, my, uh, oh, man, my week has been crazy with, with school and the kids. See, we're in that long stretch right now where there are no days off, and uh, the kids, we're getting closer to crunch time with those lovely state tests. And, oh. oh. The kids do not want to do it. Teachers do not want to do it. It's just that time of year. I think March is probably the most challenging time of the year for, for me at school. But other than that, it's it's been a pretty good week. And for once, we actually have the sun out. And I, I know I mentioned that at the top of the show. This is like the first time in, in uh, Knoxville that we've had the sun out for, I think, three weeks. <laughs> it's been It's been raining just about every day. So yeah. it's just I've, I feel so much better already. You know, I'm looking out my window right now. It's crazy what overcast skies do to you. Oh man. my goodness, you're especially, not kidding. Oh yeah. Long period of time, like how it affects you psychologically, like you're just a little bit down. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Could you imagine if it was the red skies like the turtles? Oh, well, man. you know, I mean, like if this global warming thing keeps going, man, it's not going to be <laughs> longer. You know, if, yeah. people, if people keep thinking that like global warming is all fake news and stuff, it's like, no, it's very real. You need to stop and think about it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe recycle your plastic. You know, just... if, if I've learned anything about the turtles, you know, pollution and, and everything else that's going on, it's it's a big deal. It's scary. Yeah, I know. If you ever, not that I want to recommend a non-turtle show, but watch Toxic Crusaders. They dealt with it a lot, you know. Just, oh, so. yeah, yeah. So it's just, anyways, you know, it's beautiful blue skies this morning, so I can't complain. Yeah. Man, it's, it's just a good morning. So, guys, we are covering issue 12 from volume one today, which is called Survivalist. And this was mainly done by... Peter Laird, although Steve Levine did the lettering for it. And I can't wait to talk about that, but we've got a lot of things to cover in the meantime. So I'll just jump right into the show notes real quick, get the links out of the way. If you want to send us an email, which thank you so much for the feedback we received in the last week, our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at turtleflakes, all one word. We do have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. And we do have a turtlecom hotline. The number is 865-309-4875. I haven't gotten a voicemail in about a week and a half, two weeks. I think Brian was our last caller. Please, yeah, just send us a voicemail. Um, no one's going to pick up. No one's going to scare you. No one's going to hang up on you. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Actually, you know what? I challenge one of our listeners who's never called in before to go ahead and give us a call. Uh, let us know how poorly we're doing. Let us know uh, just <laughs> whatever you want. Whatever's on top of your mind. So long as it's turtles, we'd love to hear it. Um, as always, we are proud partners with TMNT Entity uh, and uh, Mark's website, uh, tmntentity.blogspot.com, reviews a bunch of comic books, uh, cartoon episodes, and everything in between. Um, it is basically our encyclopedia of content. Uh, just 
one of these days, hopefully this year, we can have him on the show. I've, we've talked about it for quite some time. Uh, would love to have him. And speaking of partners of the show and an upcoming special guest, our buddy Anthony Hernandez. He has a, a YouTube show. His channel's called Bat Bomb Space 82. All right, and that is Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday, where he reviews classic and modern Ninja Turtle toys. I'm looking forward to having him on on our uh, next classic episode, so that's next Saturday. I am a uh, proud co-host of Star Wars Ties, which is just a uh, Star Wars podcast uh, dedicated to the expanded universe. Go for it, Josh. I won't do it. I'm not what? Gonna, I wasn't going to do it. You were. You were thinking it. No, I, I immediately thought to myself, I was like, don't do it. He's really proud of it. It's not my fault that he does the wrong show. Let, it, let him have his moment. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, he's going to say it. He's going to say it. But the Metachlorians, we need to talk about the Metachlorians. Oh, people. you stop that. Hey, you're just. You can't, you're, it, now you're just being It hateful. can't happen that way. It's pure troll. Oh, you're <laughs> trolling. He's just mad. That's not the Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Tell him, John. Let's, let's stop talking about the Force and get back on that morphing grid, okay? <laughs> all right, we're moving on. Morphing grid on. connects us all. Oh you know? Lord God! All right. So, anyways, we have a blog. <laughs> I, I have a blog, and I've not updated it since the summer, but I have been working on the TMNT magazine reviews. Uh, I've ta- I've done scans of issue one so far of TMNT magazine from 1989, I think, maybe 90. And really enjoying some of the ads that are in those issues. And I was just going to do like a little commentary. I'm going to put the entire scans up on the blog page and, uh, you know, just a little commentary afterwards of maybe some stuff I remember from my childhood. So I'm hoping to have that up here in the next couple of weeks and maybe try to keep it monthly, maybe do one magazine a month. Um, We're proud to be part of the Retro Junkies Network, and that is just a network of retro family-friendly podcasts. The main hub for it is theretrojunkies.com. And we're proud partners of the Retro Gaming Times magazine, which is one of the longest-running retro gaming and electronic magazines. It is all free. It's all online, all the back issues, too. That is classicplastic.net slash TRT. And the latest article just came out, I think, two days ago. So go check that out if you're big into retro gaming and uh, retro electronics. As far as feedback goes, guys, we've gotten a lot. We've gotten a lot, but... Once again, I want to thank Jay Weezy here for, you know, basically redesigning our, our website at TurtleFlakes.com. Every episode that we've, we've posted or every episode that we've ever recorded is now on that website. If you want to check out some of our back episodes, it's all on there now, and it's very, very organized. And he showed me how to upload some stuff. I, I finally – I'm a slow learner, and I finally figured out how to do it and really, really enjoying that interface. So kudos and a big slice to you, Hoser Josh. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad to be able to uh, get all the episodes on there. Uh, we are <clears throat> officially no longer dependent on Podomatic to get our Yay! podcasts out there. Um, I think there may be some people still on that feed, so mm-hmm. um, I think what I'll do is um, I'll talk to you, Rob, later, and we'll see if we can post a special message only to that feed. Um, mm-hmm. That way people will hear, hey, if you're on this, you know, make sure you switch. So, Oh, you'll definitely we'll, have to walk me through that, Hoser. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um but, uh, yeah, the website's totally redesigned. We might even uh, see if we can train Rocksteady on some stuff. Maybe get him to put something <laughs> on there. We'll see. It'll be a well, challenge. Speaking of Ed. But, uh, again, the Turtle Flakes, uh, the TurtleCom, if you go to the website, there's a link on the website for the TurtleCom. If you just oh. click that with your phone, it should instantly call us if you can't remember the number. so. Oh, that's great. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Good give feature. It a try. Yeah. Sweet. Well, you know, um, speaking of the RSS feed and everything, Josh, are we on Google Play I know we used to be, but I think I put the old Podomatic RSS feed on there. 
Uh, we'll have to see if we can get that. Actually, yeah, yeah, we need to get that updated. Uh, I think I was trying to change it, but I couldn't log into the Turtle Flakes email account. So, oh, okay. after the show, we'll uh, or maybe uh, maybe next time we talk, we'll we'll have to take care of that. Yeah, sure, sounds great, sounds great. All right, guys. So an- another uh, great announcement is we finally are, are over with our issue ten and Metalhead giveaway, and I also have an um, an extra Ghostbusters issue giveaway. And this was for the the folks who had written us a review on iTunes in the last two months. So I had four contestants here. Let me pull up my randomizer. I've got four contestants. Looks like G W or G Walker eighty four, Philip nine eighty one, Fishlips J. Houndstooth2213 and Kyle Brenning41. They all, I guess that's one, two, three, four, five. All five of them have written us a review in the last several months. And I just want to thank you so, so much for that and, and your your uh, your feedback. So now I'm going to go ahead and randomize this list. And the first name on the top of the list will be our winner. So here we go. Refresh. And it looks like Fishlips J is our winner. So, Jay, if you're listening, or Fish Lips, whatever you go by, uh, just send us an email. Uh, let us know what your address is, and I'll get that package out to you as soon as I can. So, there you go. We finally have a winner. Fish Lips uh, Jay. So, there we go. Kyle. Yeah, poor Kyle. Who's Kyle? Yeah. There was, like, a whole list of names that sounded like a 1960s Batman team of villains or something like that. And then there was just a <laughs> dude named Kyle. I was like... It's just Kyle, huh? All right, yeah. well, hopefully well, he Kyle. wins for unoriginality, but you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> we'll get him next time. Yeah. <laughs> Cowabunga Kyle. All right, so um, as far as other feedback, okay, we've got a lot of emails this week, so I'll just try to barrel through those real quick. First one is from one of our listeners. Her name is Tracy, and she was asking you, uh, Rourke Steady. Uh, she, says, she says, hey, guys, do you have an updated link to Josh's A Day in the Life? The link in the Turtle Flake show notes does not seem to work. So, Josh, what, what do you say to that? Uh, no, that's uh, from my old Bargain Bin Radio uh, website, and that website is uh, no longer online. So, no, there isn't an updated link. Um, I was, con- I, I am considering reposting uh, some of those old stories on the uh, Turtle Tracks blog. But the, uh, the 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 scary part about that is, if I post the first two parts of the story, I have to make the third one. It's like, oh crap, I gotta. <laughs> so it's it's like sixty forty that I'm gonna do it. So you know, I'll make a decision. I, you know, I'll 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 probably put yeah crap yeah I'll put it up. All right, fine. Yeah, well you talked him into it, Tracy. You saw the whole decision making process right now. Okay, <laughs> jeez, Tracy. Uh, uh, I, I take know. it back. Every good thing I said about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, crazy. So. <laughs> well, good deal. So, hey, there you go, guys. Uh, a day in the life will be coming back. And uh, for those of you who have not read his story, it is fantastic. I'm not just saying that because Josh is on our show. I have thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed it, and he is a f- excellent writer. And uh, you know, I think he does the, the turtles justice. So, Tracy, thank you for the email. Okay, so the next one comes from Nick Baxter, who sent us an email. I think he's a new listener of ours, and uh, we just can't thank you enough for reaching out, man. He says. Just wanted to say that I love the show. I own a food truck, and I listen to podcasts on my phone every day while I prep for work. From August until February, I typically typically listen to NFL podcasts. Since football season's over, I've been searching for something new to listen to. Over the last few weeks, I've been listening to a lot of your older stuff. I've been a TMNT fan my whole life. I've got a huge action figure collection, and I just listened to the show er from earlier this month and loved the Stone Protector action figure review. Hey, there you go, (laughs) Brooks Eddie. Uh, the ticking time bomb that it was. <laughs> I the know, flint right? that it was. Yeah. Don't even look at them, they'll explode. <laughs> yeah, 
He says, it's funny because I just received a few stone protectors mixed into a TMNT toy lot that I just purchased. I already had a couple that I owned as a child but never knew what they were called and had no idea that they had a TV show. It was weird that I had just rediscovered the stone protectors this past week and then heard them being reviewed on the show today. Funny how that stuff works. Love the show and keep them coming. Nick, thank you so much, and it's good to know that you got some knowledge on the stone protectors thanks to Worksteady. There you go. Yeah, see, I'm good for something. Useless yeah, now. every now and then. Yeah, every now and then. <laughs> hey, even a blind dog finds a bone every now and again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is definitely true. Good deal. Man. All right, guys, and we have one more email here. And, uh, guys, if you'll bear with me, this is a long one. I'll try to read this as quick as possible, but it's a good one. This is from Michael Scott, not related to the office. <laughs> <but Scott. laughs> Throat level midnight. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> Oh, gosh, I, I love that episode. But anyways, so Michael Scott, he reaches out to us and he says, Greetings from England. I'm loving the podcast and have tuned in every week since I found you guys back in the summer. Well, thank you, man. That's awesome. It's awesome to hear people overseas. Uh, this week's episode, Something Fishy Goes Down, really struck a chord with me. The issue in question was the first issue that I ever read back in 1990. I tweeted you guys before listening to the pod, at Michael Scott underscore official. I have vivid memories of my mom giving me this issue, or giving this issue to me in our living room after school one afternoon. As a child of the 80s and 90s, who didn't know who the Ninja Turtles were? I was instantly hooked. Forevermore, I'd be in love with the cartoony artwork of Ken Matroni. And dude, Michael, I can't agree with you more. Ken Matroni yeah. is probably my favorite artist on the series. Um, he says, after the TV series finished, these fortnightly reprints of the Archie run were my turtles. And I love how the IDW comics are bringing in characters from this series to make them relevant once again. Those of you who are familiar with the Archie comics will know that the series ended on issue 72. However, the initial run on the UK print was numbered up to 75 initially, and I'll come back to that later. So how did we end up with more issues, I hear you ask? Well, it's simply that there were a number of fill-in issues scattered throughout the run completely irrelevant to the story by different creative teams and arguably set in different in a different universe. These popped up without warning and could seriously spoil a kid's Wednesday. In October of 1992, the series announced that it would be going monthly. I guess that was that putting out comics every fortnight may have been the reason behind the fill-in issues. Issue 73 was the first of the monthly issues and all was good in life. The turtles were still kicking shell on a regular basis. And then this in issue 74. As we enter the part two of United We Stand, the storyline in which the Turtles and the Mutanimals team up to take on Null and the Four Horsemen, this happened. The last page had a footnote to say next issue was the last issue. The Turtles and the Mutanimals lay beaten at the feet of death, and the next issue is going to be the last. I was concerned. This issue from December of 1992 had ruined my Christmas. Then the unthinkable happened. The next issue never arrived. We checked with the news agents. They'd never received it. We checked with other stores around town. They didn't stock it. I spent the first few months of 1993 searching for that issue. Over here, we didn't have the comic shops that might stock back issues, so I wrote the company printing them in the UK, in my town, Fleetway. After what seemed like forever, I received a reply. 75 was indeed the last issue, and no, they did not have any back issues. I had never known loss before that day. I had to continue my... <laughs> Poor guy. I had to continue my existence. Yeah, I love it, though. Hey, I probably would have been the same I way. I completely understand that feeling, though, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, he says, I had to continue my existence of not knowing what happened. Feel free to cowabunga me. The turtles are... Oh, cowabunga! Dead? Or are they? How can I go on? Cowabunga! How did this happen? <laughs> Explaining this to my daughter as I write, she laughs at me. Why didn't you check online? Buy it off of eBay. Read an electronic version. Kids of today will never know how good they've got. <laughs> Preach it, buddy. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't until the internet and eBay some 14 years later that I'd ever found out what had happened to issue 75. However, I made an amazing discovery in May of 93. TMNT, or TMHD, for Hero Turtles, Adventures was back. Later, I worked out that there must, on, must only have been a hiatus of a month, maybe two. With tears in my eyes, I purchased the issue for, for 80p. I guess that's pounds? Um, I'm not sure, guys. Yeah. yeah. And placed an order for future issues, which included the Future Shark Trilogy. The issues were no longer numbered, but filed sequentially without the fill-in issues. Alas, once again, my heart, could be, my heart was cut out when in January of 94, they did it again. Oh, I was excited for blank, but ended up with blank. And that was it. This time without warning. Another letter to the publisher, I thought, but the series had simply been canceled. Fast forward to a world with the internet, and, and I discovered that that wasn't the end. In fact, over here in the UK, we only got around issue 50 of the Archie series. Over time, I managed to purchase all of the U.S. series and, and enjoyed even more adventures with the Turtles and their future selves until it happened again, the Forever War, the greatest battle the Turtles never faced. Two issues about the Turtles when they were younger replaced the final chapter in the Archie story. But wait, it's now 2009 and the 25th anniversary of TMNT and myself. When I imported the 228-page reprint of Future Tense, which was the build-up to the Forever War. Mm -hmm. Finally, some closure. Happy days, but no. TMNT is sold to Viacom and the project is scrapped. Reading this e email back to myself, I realize that I have descended into madness. But I want to share my experiences from the other side of the pond. <laughs> I have a run of all but a couple of the UK issues here with me. And please feel free to fire over any questions you might have about the series. Keep up the good work. Cowabunga, Michael. Thank you so much for the email. And, man, I feel your pain. I couldn't imagine, you know, being that invested in the story and then just all of a sudden you don't see it anymore. So it's, uh, it's a heartbreaker. So That's terrible. He actually attached some um, of the covers of the Hero Turtles. Mm -hmm. And he's actually – I can't thank him enough for the email and the fact that he's been reaching out to us on, on Twitter, you know, just kind of explaining how – uh, much of an impact the Hero Turtles um, had on his life. I, as a matter of fact, the first comic he ever got was a, um, I think it was the one we just discussed, the Something Fishy Goes Down comic with Man Ray. Mm -hmm. It's great to, it's great that even our adventure shows, you know, they're they're really making an impact, or at least the comics, the content we're covering is bringing up a lot of great memories from our listeners, and some of them even over the pond. So, Thank you for the email, Mike, and keep them coming, man. That was great content there, and I'm so sorry you had so many struggles as a kid <laughs> with uh, that, that series. Uh, seemed a lot more um, inconsistent, and I could be wrong. Of course, I didn't live there, but it seems a lot like the releasing schedule or the publication schedule was very inconsistent. And I'd love to – actually, Michael, I do have a question for you. Um, if you could give me a list of just the fill-in issues you were talking about, I'd love to uh, learn a little bit more about them. So, so thank you so much for the email. Okay, guys, I think that's it for feedback. I, we didn't get any calls. So, Hosers, about 30 minutes in, uh, have you gotten any Ninja Turtle pickups over the week? Um, Let's see. Um, I got the newest uh, – I got the two new IDW books. 
Uh, they're in the living room. I don't know why I didn't bring them in, but I've got the uh, the Dimension X spinoff story, and that, that introduces uh, Ace Duck. Very excited to read that. Oh, I was about to ask if you read it. Yeah. It's so good. I haven't. I haven't gotten into it yet. No, I just haven't. This has been a crazy week. I just haven't had time. Um, mm. And then the newest volume of the IDW comic with the uh, the Trial of Crane. Um, I don't know specifically what number it is. I think it's seventeen. 17 or 18, it's in the high teens up there. Uh, but I got those two new ones, so that's pretty much about it. Nice. Nice. Hey, hey, that Krang trilogy, let me know when you do read it. Yeah. It's got a pretty, uh, uh, the conclusion of it, excuse me, has a really, oh, interesting thing to talk about. It's a cliffhang, well, not cliffhang, what do you call it? Just a dramatic ending to it. Okay. And uh, one of the characters seemingly meets his demise, and I'd like to talk to you about it so okay cool. cool yeah yeah all right uh what about you jay Weezy? did you get any turtle pickups in the last couple weeks no no nothing new yet just uh working on the website and stuff so yeah, yeah. you've been busy man yeah <laughs> <laughs> well fellas i'm very very excited because as a matter of fact we were talking about this on our facebook page not too long ago one of the questions we had this week was what's one of the items that you've always wanted one of the turtles items you've always wanted but never had as a kid but it's the next thing you want to buy and uh for me personally i always wanted the teenage mutant ninja turtles pizza power board game my neighbor had it i remember playing it over his house i remember being enamored by the actual play field the actual board you know art and i think it was done by steve levine and listeners correct me if i'm wrong on that because i'd always wanted to know but i never had it my neighbor did, but I didn't, and I always wanted it, asked for it for Christmas, never got it. So finally, guys, as we're listening to this episode, or as we're recording this episode, I should say, I'm going to buy it. Uh-oh. So Tax here we go, guys. Here we yes, go. yes. I, I, I got paid today. We paid all the bills. We've got some wiggle room. I look on eBay right now, and the, the cheapest one I could find where the box was in really good condition was 27 bucks. This isn't going to break the bank, guys. Oh, this is actually – no, no, and that's free shipping, so... Does it have all the pieces? Yeah, it's complete. I looked at all the accessories. Everything's there. It's got the little <laughs> spinner. Box is in really good condition. Everything's good to go, and it's got free shipping. So, guys, I've got my eBay pulled up. Here we go. Buy it now, and... Click. Power out. <laughs> <laughs> and show's over. <laughs> all right, let's Can see. Can we comment on the fact that you waited till your wife left the house to buy this thing? <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. I, she gave me her blessing. I uh-huh. actually asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know her. I will kill you. <laughs> you would tell. You would do something like that that you don't want your wife to find out, but it's on a podcast that she knows you record. And she and our checking accounts link, she'd be like, what is this? What the heck? <laughs> uh, here it is, guys. Confirm and pay and click. Boom. He got she it. She is mine. She will be mine. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, man, only about, let's see, I remember playing that, I was still living in my dad's house, so it had to be either 90, any time from around 1990 to 93, so it's been that long since I've actually played the game, wow. and it's been that long since I've actually been pining for it, so, man, it feels really good. 31, and I feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> see, I've I've looked at that, I've looked at buying that game a couple of times, and I just haven't pulled the trigger on it, just because I, I just, I don't know why, I just haven't done it. And I've I've wanted to get that too, and I've never actually played it. I never even knew there was a board game of it when I was a kid. So that's that's a pretty cool buy you got there, man. I'm jealous. Oh, jealous. thanks, Jose. 
Well, what about you, Jay Weez? We had it when I was a kid. Uh, I really liked playing uh. it. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'll have to see. I might actually have a copy of it stashed stashed away somewhere. I did. I feel like I I had a copy recently somewhere, but um, yeah, I definitely remember playing it as a kid. It was really cool. I really liked the artwork in it. Um, and it had a really interesting. Uh, uh, I guess like battle method, that little like teeter totter thing that you put the dice in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really kind of. Uh, I I can't think of another game that did something like that, and I really like that. You know, um, a little bit more advanced, like uh, I guess strategy and fighting. I mean, it's not crazy, but it was really cool being mm-hmm. a kid at the time, being able to actually do like battle like that. Yeah, yeah, and and, and even as an adult, like even if you didn't play the game, I just appreciate for its artwork. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, if any listeners know, I know there's a excuse me, there's a uh, Amazon web page or a seller that does really nice, high quality posters of video game art. If there's anybody that does posters of you know board game art, I would love to have a poster of just the cover of this board game because I absolutely love it. Um, it, it is fantastic, and uh, Steve Levine. Man, I think he had a, his hand, and Ryan Brown probably had his hand in a lot of toy stuff and a lot of toy art. And boy, that just kind of rekindles that that magic that um, and that nostalgia that I had for my childhood. So, good stuff there, good stuff, and I can't wait to play it. Hold so. on, hold on one second, Rob. All right, Hoser. So well, I uh, looked into something uh, real quickly. If you want a poster yeah. made for about that box art that you've got yeah. or that you're going to get, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago for my birthday, Nicole made. Um, got a poster made for me of a Spider-Man comic and she wow. went through um, a place called Shutterfly. Shutterfly. Yeah. And what it is, is they, they basically develop pictures. That's what they do of like your digital pictures and stuff like that. So she, she had an acrylic poster made inside a big frame basically. So if you, take, if you take a decent enough picture of it uh, and send it into them, they can have a poster made for you. You are the man. I did not know that existed. Yeah. See, this is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't favorite... know what it will what it'll cost or anything. Because I mean, that was a that was a birthday gift from her. I, yeah. I don't know what it'll cost, but take a take a good picture of it, and uh, they'll. Uh, I guess they'll see what they can do with it. Yeah, yeah. There might be like a good Google image um, shot of it. So awesome. That, that's good to know. Thanks, yeah. man. I'm looking at the website right now. I'm going to bookmark it. Okay. Bookmark this page. Yes. Uh, there we go. Cool. Got it saved now. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Mm-hmm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? All right, guys. Well, uh, Rocksteady, do you have a toy review you'd like to discuss uh, real quick? Yeah, I do. Um, I won't spend too much time on this because I know we're, we're in a little bit of a time crunch today. Um, mm-hmm. but this is from, this is a figure from a line of figures that I really, really loved when I was a kid. I am a huge fan of the Predator franchise. Yeah, I know. I'm not talking about turtles again. Don't worry. There'll be a toy review yeah. for the turtles. Now. There'll be a crossover. Yeah. There's gotta be a crossover, right? There's gotta be. Oh yeah. I know. You think about how many dimensions they've traveled across. I know. You mean to tell me they've not stumbled across alien or predator? I, I was talking to, well, pizza to aliens, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> The we don't want to get sued aliens. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was talking that on our Facebook group. I had showed some pictures of these Predator figures, and I had asked, why isn't there ever a crossover? Andrew Modine had said there's going to be a fan comic. 
but that doesn't count. You know, come on, no, get a get Dark Horse and IDW to do something together. You know, just that <laughs> it's got to happen. I mean, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't be opposed to it either. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I would buy it in a heartbeat, every version of it. So yeah. in 1993, uh, there was a Predator toy line produced by uh, Kenner. You know, they're very famous for making the the real Ghostbusters action figures, the Star Wars action figures. And they also made a series of alien, a long running series of figures for aliens, uh, the Colonial Marines, the Aliens Hive Wars, and then they also made an Aliens versus Predator series, where they made just they made like twelve different Predator figures, and this one here that I have here is called the Ambush Predator. This one was only available through mail away, so for all the younger people listening. Mail away figures, you had to like cut out the proofs of purchases on the back of the cards of every figure. You had to, usually around five, you had to uh, put together like five proofs of purchases and send in uh, money for shipping and mail it away. And in about a month, you would get a white box with this clear predator in it. So, what the ambush predator is, is he is. A variant on the Renegade Predator, which was the Predator based on the one seen in the very first film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is a completely clear plastic action figure with silver a silver mask and claws. And he's actually got black body armor, too, that you can... He's got a little peg that you can plug into him. But I don't really like that. It goes over his chest and just doesn't look appealing. Standing next to the, the silver claws and face mask so i just i just don't wear the i just don't put the black armor piece on them but these uh predator figures are highly detailed i would even argue that they're more detailed than the early playmates ninja turtles figures they have so much in terms of the paintwork where like there are so many different variants of paint applications across all the predator figures where they really have like if you remember the design of the original Predator, he's got like just like this weird chameleon-like looking skin where it starts off yellow, then goes into green, and then goes in the brown and goes in the black. And they did not skip on that paint job at all. And there's a huge amount of detail and ever and each Predator is vastly different from the one before. Only a couple of them shared sculpts, and this one actually, like I said, it shared the sculpt of the Renegade Predator. But it also it comes with this silver painted mask and these two claws that fit on the the blades that fit on each hand. They clip into they clip onto the wrist of the right hand of the right forearm, and then he actually holds in his left hand the second set of claws. Um, hmm. And if you you can just pop the mask off, it's got a couple of holes on either side of the head, and there's actually a, just a little bit of black paint on the uh, plastic face so you can see some of the details of the predator's face so and his eyes are also painted green so they pop out uh, they pop on the uh, actual design of the face um, unfortunately as with a lot of these kind of novelty uh, plastic figures I mean this figure is over 20 years old so the plastic has around the joints, it's got five points of articulation, two at the shoulders, two at the hips, and then one at the neck. Um, around the joints of the hips, the plastic has kind of gotten slightly yellow. Not really yellow, but it just kind of looks like, you know, when you drink a Coke with ice in it, 
And then at the very bottom, you got kind of the melted ice with a little bit of coke left over in it. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like a, wow, what an analogy. Yeah, that, that's all I could think. Of. It looks like a bourbon. With, uh, it looks like a bourbon. Yes, <laughs> I can put it that way too. Uh, but uh, it it looks kind of like almost slightly muddied water. But it's very you don't really notice it until you really look at it, and it's only where the joints are, and it's only at the hips. I I don't have it. I don't see it anywhere else. Um, but that also kind of adds to the uh, the uh, illusory uh, image of that predator in his cloaked form, you know, because he always takes the appearance of whatever's behind him because it just reflects light. Uh, so it kind of it kind of works, you know the the quote damage to it kind of works you know so and this figure was considering it was a mail away figure um for a toy line in 1993 i thought this was going to be an expensive action figure it's actually not i mean you can find them for as little as 15 bucks and it also just kind of depends on who's selling it like i got pretty lucky i got this for around 15 to 20 dollars i can't remember exactly uh but um i always loved the predator the uh, the Predator movie was one of the first movies I can remember seeing, and that was always pl- when I got a VCR and a TV of my own in my room when I was a kid. That was that movie was always on in my room. That and the 1990 Turtles movie, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really loved that. These are probably my favorite Predator action figures. You hear a lot about collectible action figures nowadays from uh, certain manufacturers that just. Have great detail, have great sculpts, have a lot of articulation, but I mean, I've got one of those newer Predator figures, and I'm not happy with it. Um, and I won't go into it because I'm reviewing this one. Uh, but I, for my money, I think these are some of the best action figures that Kenner has actually ever produced. I mean, I'm not really a Star Wars guy, but they were they stuck with the same kind of design principles of just a figure with five points of articulation. But they just went for it with the detail. And that attention to detail was also seen in the Aliens action figure line and the Colonial Marines. And I would highly recommend looking into this figures, uh, these uh, this uh, series of figures. I would recommend if you're going to, stay off of Amazon because they're unnecessarily expensive over there. eBay is your best friend. You can find these figures relatively cheap there. There's a couple of them like there's a two pack. The first Predator figure was a two pack with an alien versus a Predator, and it was based on the designs of the alien from the first movie and the Predator from the first movie of their respective franchises. That two pack of figures can go anywhere from thirty five to fifty dollars, so it's a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it because you get two figures. And there's, I like I said, there's like I think there's twelve different Predator action figures, twelve or thirteen. And to varying uh, degrees of pay, some of them are as little as ten. Some of them can be expensive, like sixty dollars. Just like take your time and really look for where where to find them. So, uh, I would highly recommend looking into these figures. Yeah, if you want your turtles to fight something really powerful, go for these figures <laughs> from Kenner. That's what I. That's that's my recommendation. Awesome, awesome. Hey, great stuff there. And, uh, boy, I could just imagine IDW doing some weird spinoff or something. or Maybe another Deviations issue where somehow Krang – I just see this in my mind, and I don't even know how this would work, but Krang could fight one of the Predator guys. Imagine how epic that battle would – you know, if you think about it. Uh-huh. You know, 
the Predator alien, they obviously had their own planet at one point. Krang's mm-hmm. got the Utrams and his own planet. Well, actually, I don't know. Didn't the planet get destroyed? I haven't read the book, Rob. Uh, I, I mean, I think. Spoilers. I don't know. Oh, spoilers. Dude. <laughs> I, think, I don't remember. Well, isn't that why he wanted to terraform the Earth? Yeah, because, uh, well, his planet was taken over by the Utrams. Or by the, uh, the neutrinos. uh, neutrinos, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, from what I remember, yeah. But yeah. I always, you know, maybe not even the turtles. Maybe make Shredder fight a predator. That, you know? oh, man. Just like, you can imagine, like, he covers himself up in mud and there's a sword fight and everything. That'd be really cool. You call it Shredder Predator. Yeah? Yeah, Shredder and Predator. Yeah. <laughs> the Shredder. The Shredder. The Shredder. Oh, oh very nice. <laughs> Beat you to it. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's great. All right, well, good stuff, man. Thank you for that. And, you know, it's funny you bring that up about the aliens and the Predators uh, toys. I actually mm-hmm. always wanted them, and I remember when Independence Day came out, uh, they had those toys, too, which were really oh, yeah, cool. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of Independence Day toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember there was a phase that I went through in the mid-'90s where I really got into the aliens figures, and, um, you know, I had them on display, lost every single one of them. I kept my turtles, but I don't know what happened with my aliens toys. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, very sad, very sad. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I almost got the Colonial Marines action figures, and I don't really know why. I just kind of liked their design and their designs and kind of wanted them, and I was thinking, yeah. I don't really have a nostalgic place for them because I don't. The Alien series of films never really hit me like it hit everyone else. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I remembered, oh, they got Predator figures. Let me look into those, and boom, I've got all. I've got most of the Predator figures now because taxes. <laughs> they were cheap. <laughs> because taxes. <laughs> because taxes. You know. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I adore the Predator franchise. You know, I. I wish Aliens vs. Predator Requiem never happened, but, you know, it's just whatever. Um, <laughs> and there is a new Predator movie coming out in September of this oh, year. okay. So, yeah, it's it's going to be called The Predator, and it's uh, directed by Shane Black, who was actually in the first movie. Oh, so, excellent. Excellent. Great, yeah. to, great so, stuff, man. Looking forward to that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Predator action figures are awesome. Go for it. All right, you've heard it from uh, the horse's mouth. The hoster's mouth. The hoster's <laughs> mouth, yeah. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. All right, guys. Well, uh, well, I guess we can jump right into the comic. Uh, we are, again, uh, going back to the classic era here. And in the last issue, issue number 11 of Volume 1... It's kind of a big issue. Um, it was their first big issue in Northampton. And remember, April was chronicling everything that was happening over time. You know, and months had progressed at this point at this at this particular farmhouse. And in this issue, it kind of sets the pace for a lot of one-shot stories that are going to be here in Northampton. And this particular issue is called Survivalists. This issue was written. The art and inks and tones were done by Peter Laird. And the letters were done by Steve Levine. So like we kind of hinted to in the last classic episode dedicated on the comics, there will be a point in time where Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman will kind of switch off. They weren't together for for quite some time until later on in Volume 1. This is kind of at the cusp of what is going to happen to the Turtles. Again, this is September of 1987. In what, just three short months is going to be the debut of the cartoon that we all know. Yeah. So this is like it, they're getting there. They are that close to just exploding as far as popularity 
I mean, they're already big in the comic scene, but this is going to be a new stratosphere of commercial success for them coming up. And I, my, I'm just speculating here, but my guess is that Kevin Eastman was probably dealing with a lot of the licensing stuff at this point, getting things ready, the toy deal. I don't know if it was official at this point yet, but they've got to be – I wish I had the original print of this comic book. I do not, but I know in the last issue, in issue 11, I did have that print. Uh, Kevin Eastman was talking about, you know, there are a lot of things in the works. There's a lot of things going on. That's why there's been a little delay in the release of issue 11. Well, now we're on issue 12, so we're closer to the turtles really breaking out, and it's a very exciting time. So Steve, uh, Peter Laird, he did most of this issue, and you can definitely tell because it's a Donnie issue. Yeah, Rob, did you uh, – do they have the letter from Peter Laird at the beginning of the, uh, the copy that you have? I wish. No, I – it is here. Uh, I've got a scan of the original. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, so basically what he's saying is that uh, he and Kevin are, uh, they decided to switch off in doing comics. So yeah, Peter Laird did this one on his own, and he's saying that uh, Kevin Eastman is working on um, a new graphic novel um, on his own, and he's working on issue 13. So, And he's like, uh, we hope that you guys like it, and you guys can see what we can do on our own, um, and we'll try that out, unless you guys hate it. Uh, which is really interesting. So uh, that's kind of like the, I guess, the, the thought behind it was to see what they could do. Each each one could do on their own. So yeah, this one's all uh, Peter Laird. I wonder why they did that. You know, I I can understand maybe one of them could. Well, I just I wonder why then because I I, can, I just I can tell that... you why. I'm actually re- I'm reading today out of the uh, Ultimate Collection Volume Three. Uh, it's oh. the only it's the only way I have uh, issue twelve here, uh, but. Kevin Eastman, in between each issue, he writes notes that he breaks down pretty much every panel. But the first paragraph of this, he goes into the reasons behind it. And real quickly, I'll just read it here. He says, after Peter and I had completed what I look fondly back on as the original series, issue number 12 was the first solo story, an all Peter Laird one. I believe I brought up this idea as we were working through the final parts of books 10 and 11. I thought that if we worked on separate issues with different artists, it would be not just creatively fun, but a good strategy. Maybe if he was working on an issue while I was working on another issue, we wouldn't be so far behind schedule. So it was a schedule. It seemingly it was a schedule oh, thing. That's, thank you for the answer. Hey, there you go. Yeah, Straight I mean, from the horse's mouth. Yeah, again, another hoser's mouth here. Here we go. <laughs> um, the king hoser. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like they were, in in the interest of keeping the book alive, they were just trying to collaborate less, you know, which, yeah. which really kind of explains the almost episodic nature of the book. After issue 11, they, to my knowledge, to my mind, in my opinion, I mean, it's decidedly nonlinear until they decide to come back for a return to New York and then it goes back to a nonlinear style and then it go until they do a city at war. You know? Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting to me is uh, what Kevin Eastman said there is that in, in their minds, you know, the story was about over by issue 10 or 11, mm-hmm. you know, like that was maybe their original vision. I, who knows? Maybe originally they weren't intending to do episodic things, after the fact, and maybe they were going to end it at one point. I, I'm not saying they would have, but maybe that was a thought in their minds is, you know what? Uh, we're about to make it big. We could end this comic on issue 11. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, Well, I remember reading that they had intended to end it at issue one. I mean, that was the whole reason the Shredder died at That's the end true. Of this issue, because there was never a plan for issue two. 
and yeah. then it became so popular that they felt they kind of had to. It's like, well, we kind of have a winner here. Let's go with it. You know? Absolutely, yeah. So it does make you think that, man. I guess that's all it was with scheduling. You know, the issues between release, and it's only going to get busier for them, isn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> three months later, they're it's going to explode. And I think they had. I think they knew it was going to be big, but I don't. I don't think anyone could have foreseen it being as big as it was. Yeah, you know, it's, the, the turtles it's that we still know. going on. There's no way they could. I mean, playmates themselves told them that it would it'll last until 1990, and then it'll probably be done. You know? Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, if you watch the Turtle Power documentary, they they tell them straight up. It's like we're going to get two, maybe three years out of this. And, that's true. And they <laughs> said that at the, at the time, they're like, "Dude, that's a successful toy line." And you know, you really think about it. Any of your toy lines, they were they really around two or three years later? You're right. He-Man, Transformers. I mean, they 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 were around. They're iconic, but the Turtles were around for what ten years? Yeah, ten I mean, years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of iconic shows that are still iconic because a lot of thirty year olds are writing comic books and making cartoons based on their nostalgia for that. Sure. You know, I mean, like the 2012 Nickelodeon uh, Turtle series is so. One of one of the complaints I have about it is that it's so just like nostalgia based, purely because somebody loved it thirty years ago. Oh, I don't know. I'd argue that, sir. I, I, and I, <laughs> I've had that not argument, but I've had that conversation before. It's just like to me. I mean, they rely so much on nostalgia, you know, yeah. purely because. Well, you know, you've got a bunch of thirty to thirty-five year olds working on it that were there when the turtles began, like all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. Like like all of us here recording right now, you know, yeah. you kind of can't help it. I mean, I certainly couldn't help myself right. when I was <laughs> writing my stupid fan book about the Ninja Turtles. Like, what characters could I put in from the original stuff? You know, what what references could I put? You can't help yourself. You know, it's, yeah, that's true. You know, Donatello's that's got true. this gizmo that just happens to look like an original Game Boy. Oops. That is a pretty nice uh, Easter egg. And then the television. Looks like He-Man. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I digress. All right, good stuff, guys. Well, hey, thank you so much for the answers there. You just kind of answered my question. Yeah. And if listeners, if you know any more about you know what was going on behind the scenes with Kevin and Pete during this time, you know, right on the cusp of the cartoon being released and the toy line, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. So this particular issue again was released in or published in September of 1987. Uh, it was all done by Peter Laird except for the lettering, which was done by Steve and Steve Levine. Excellent cover here. I'm looking at the color classics issue as we're reviewing this, so I'm going to go through the guided view, which I always love doing. So it opens up with, I believe this is Raphael? Michelangelo. uh, Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great, great page uh, where he's got his bow and arrow there, and he's shooting an apple off of, uh, whose head was that? Donatello's? And oh, by the way, this is a a very Donatello-centric issue. I've really, really... Donnie's my favorite turtle, so you know I really have a soft spot for this uh, this issue here. And of course, Kevin Eastman's always said, you know, Peter Laird was basically a Donatello in in human form. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mike Lynch is like, hey, pretty good, huh? Let's let's uh, let's try a banana next time. Which I don't know if that would be more dangerous or harder or or not. I guess it's a little thinner. So I guess I if know. it was standing up at its end, maybe it'd be less dangerous. But if it's like laying down, just flat on the head, there's a lot less clearance there. That's yeah. true. That is true. <laughs> so 
So the turtles, you know, they're enjoying a nice picnic, and you, and this definitely has a different feel right away than than issue eleven, you know, which was all wintertime. Looks like it's springtime at this point. Uh, the turtles are enjoying the day out, um, nice little picnic, and then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, Casey, he's got to get a new shirt. Look yeah, at that I know. Shirt. It's like it kind of it kind of paints women in a bad way that April likes this guy. It's like guys, girls do not like homeless looking guys, you know. <laughs> Dude, he's got the cutoff, man. I'm, I'm going to bring it back. I know, but look, it looks like it's not even just been cut by scissors or anything. It looks like it's just been torn, just torn off, man. <laughs> just so he could yeah, say, you know, my like, guns, sleeves. man, they just popped them right off, you know? It's like, did I mention I yeah. work out? Because I do. <laughs> yeah, the bathroom's right over there. Yeah. Yeah. Let me check the watch real quick. <laughs> so, you know, and by the way, I love Splinter. Um, I really like Peter Laird's version of Splinter. He's a little bit shorter than I've noticed than than I remember him being. I just really like that. but uh, So they're eating the uh, picnic here, and it looks like they're having a – I think Donnie's offering this. He says, here, Mike, have a hummus salad pocket. No, that was Leo. I'm sorry. And believe it or not, you know, some people hate hummus. Dude, hummus, hummus is so great. That delicious. I've yes. never had it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, freak. <laughs> I've never, never had it. So it's, you know. it's funny that they specifically mentioned Diet Pepsi, too. Like, by name. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Archery still sure works up a thirst. Is that uh, Diet Pepsi cold? I was like, that's odd Like that they specifically call out Pepsi. I wonder if they got like... <laughs> they, like some kind of deal? It's like people do things just because they're getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gosh. is a Reebok sweatsuit, yeah. <laughs> new print. Blue. Different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the taste of a new generation. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, Wayne's World and, and Ninja Turtles crossover. Make it happen. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> they see April. Swing! <laughs> I, I, you know, technically the Turtles did reference them in a movie. Didn't they? Didn't they go swing? Uh, I don't know. Was that? Remember, Don, oh my gosh, it was in... Um, it was the third one. Oh, Turtles 3. Yeah. Yes, where Donatello goes, hey, look, it's a legorama. Swing! <laughs> Oh, Corey Feldman. All right, so uh, anyways, they, all of a sudden the turtles, they hear something coming out of the bushes, and it's this poor guy, this this poor Dexter-looking guy. He runs, he's like, help, save me. He runs in great spread here, and this is where we get the title screen, or not title screen, but the um, the credits. It says lettering Steve Levine and everything else, Peter Laird. <laughs> and I love April's shirt. Um, it says the roaches. I wonder who that was. It's, uh, it's, it's got to be a band or something. It's probably like or instead of the Beatles. Oh, I can see that, yeah, yeah. So this poor guy, he falls flat, flat onto the uh, picnic blanket, and Casey's about to fight. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I have Roy Rage is sending You stepped in my hummus sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) You'll touch a man's hummus. Nobody steals my diet Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he goes, my glasses, where are they? I can't see a thing without my glasses. And uh, he's looking for his glasses, and then Casey Jones is like, you know what? I'm just going to – I ought to pound you. That's literally what he says. Oh, yeah, he's like, you jerk. Where do you get off ruining our picnic? Why I ought to pound you. You know, so that goes to show you, Casey's not a very uh, uh, patient guy or, you know, level-headed. And you can sound tough Uh, while eating hummus at a picnic. (laughs) I didn't think it was possible. It's not easy to do. So the poor guy, he's he's completely, um, you know, just just out of it, uh, delirious, and he's talking about. It. He's like, "You're not just." He's like, "You're you're just having a picnic. You're not with those crazy survivalists." He's like, "Oh, thank God! I I thought I, 
what is it? I thought I had it. I thank God I thought I had it for certain. Whatever that means. Because I thought I had it. I was gonna die. Oh, I guess maybe that's what he means. In case he's so strong that he picks this guy up by the shirt with one arm, and and you know he, he must work out. He must work out. So April, you know, she's kind of being the sweet soul. She is. She's like, now just be calm. Don't be afraid. And you know, start from the beginning. What's your name? And this is where we get the backstory of, of how he came to be, why he's running, and who the survivalists are. He goes, my name is, is Michael Murphy. I wonder if that's a little spinoff of Steve Murphy. I'm a grad student in physics at UMass, but for the last five weeks, I've been prisoner with a bunch of lunatics. They're survivalists, really a pretty extreme fringe group, calling themselves the Committee to Rebuild American Patriotism. Uh, and the acronym would be crap. All right. Uh, and he says, what patri- patriotism has to do with their goals? I don't know. Anyway, they've kidnapped me to make a nuclear weapon, a bomb for them. And they go, good Lord, what for? He's like, see, their idea is that this inevitable U.S.-USSR nuclear confrontation is taking too long. They're afraid that they'll miss it and never get to prove how worthy they are, what good survivalists they are. They're insane, which is definitely true. So, uh, okay, so Peter Laird sh- basically watched Red Dawn and made a comment. I was thinking the same thing. Wolverines! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of funny. Like I was, I just like looked up the date, the dates, and Red uh, Red Dawn came out like a couple of years earlier. Yeah. And so, so for our younger listeners that don't know, the Cold War <laughs> was occurring yeah. in the 1980s. <laughs> Dude, I feel so old. I I feel so old now. Uh, so after World War II, you have the U.S. and you have the USSR, uh, two major superpowers. After after they just finished fighting in World War II, uh, you've got the spread of communism, and then you have capitalism, and they're fighting, trying to decide which should uh, which should spread more, right? So there's this this conflict between the two. So uh, Russia or the USSR has nukes. U.S. has nukes. That's why there's a ton of movies in the 80s that are about um, nuclear war. It's it's an almost. Absolutely. Tons, ten, tons, and tons of '80s movies. Even, even the Terminator series um, mentions that's like nuclear war. Oh god, so. yeah, Judgment Day deals with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what right. it's all about. Right. Yeah, and uh, the movie War Games. Like, uh, so yeah, it's just a little bit of history and background. Check out the Cold War on Wikipedia. You can read all about it. But that's kind of what this is based off of. So you kind of have to understand that context because this comic book is talking about nuclear war, where it was uh, much more of a concern at the time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is my hats off to you, dude. That is like the simplest explanation of the Cold War I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was basically, hey, America dropped a bomb, and Russia was like, we can do that, and America was like, no, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then for forty years, yeah, and for forty years, they were like, I bet you won't. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. I bet you won't. You do it first. <laughs> you hang up first. Oh, so yeah. So as this guy's explaining the whole backstory. He gets shot right through the back, and um, luckily it's not a fatal wound. But he is down, down and out for now. Yeah. So, uh, so the turtles. Great little uh, panel here on page nine, where you know shows a lot of the reactions. I think it's Rass' reaction, April's, Casey's, and Splinter's, and they start immediately, which I admire about the turtles, delegating tasks. You know who's going to do what. You know, so somebody, somebody needs to get the guy help, and I think April does. I think April and Casey do. And the turtles go after the shooters. And then at the bottom of nine, we see this one guy go, darn, I think I just wounded that fool. And his name is uh, Kronk? Skunk. Skunks is what it was. And, of course, he's decked out in all the military gear, and he's got an assault rifle with a scope on it. That's cool. He says, uh, pretty good shot, Skunk. Um, 
oh man, my eyes are bad. <laughs> well, let me get back. Well, to obviously you weren't the shooter then. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pretty good shot, Skronk. Uh, Six hundred yards through heavy brush. All right. So uh, we move on, and we see the guys. They're, they're scouting out that guy. He goes, something weird's going on. And I see them kids in them <laughs> turtle costumes. Yeah, I saw them. The big the big dude and the chick and, the, and their dog. And I love how they confuse Splinter with a dog. Poor Splinter. <laughs> he does kind of look like a dog. Yeah. He does. He does. A very wise dog. Kind of like a Labrador. Yeah, yeah, That's right. Yeah, lovable. Very whatever, lovable. Whatever that dog in Homeward Bound was, a pretty wise looking dog. Yeah, that one. Oh, don't, don't. You know, oh, that was the first time yeah. I ever cried. Oh, dude, I'm bound, man. Yeah. You remember when he was stuck in the hole and he goes, just go without me, Chance. Oh, dude, stop it. Stop. <laughs> dude, I, I said I can't handle this. Now. <laughs> what, what, what I like how we're referencing so much other stuff other than the comic that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the Cold War, the Beatles, and now Homeward Bound. What, what's going on? T- uh, TMNT, Homeward Bound crossover. Make it happen. Oh, oh. God, don't make that happen, man. <laughs> I'll probably cry. <laughs> It'd be great to see that Michael J. Fox dog get hit by a porcupine again, though. That would be that was funny. Oh, that was a good oh, scene. Good yeah. scene. Yeah. That's oh, what you gosh. get, Marty. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you're kind of the biff of our show, I think. <laughs> Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Get out of here. <laughs> I still use that. I use it on my kids at, at uh, school, and they have no idea what I'm referencing. And I, you know what? I just do it for my own personal amusement. You know, that I makes no sense. It. I'm like, of course it doesn't. You know what, dude? I kind of hate that you're right about that because if I got that almanac, that's exactly what I would do. Exactly what he did. I would make power. <laughs> you know, I would. It would. It would be amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, so Splinter he goes. Donatello has a valid point. Uh, there are human agencies to to deal with things like this. Our task now is to get this wounded boy to safety, and to do that, we want to act as. Uh, and to do that, we must act as a rear guard for Casey and April. So uh, I think Splinter goes with Casey and April. No, Splinter's directing traffic. He goes. Uh, he delegates the task there. So the turtles on page fourteen. I love these nature shots. You know, you've got uh, Raph and Leo. They're going down the stream. And, man, Peter Laird does a great job with nature shots here. And then you got Donatello and Mikey. Uh, Donnie's on, like, this cliff. And Mikey's behind this this bush here. It's just a two-panel page there on page 14. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite panels of the book or pages of the book. And you see the guys, you know, uh, on the next page looking for them. I love how one of the guys' name is Puke. That's a great name. <laughs> Skunk and Puke. I love it. He sounds like he's one of the uh, Battletoads. Like, oh, that's it. And zits yeah. And... Zits. Yeah, you got to have zits there. Now we're talking so about one the, of the turtles. Here we go. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, there's another one. So one of the, the guys, I think it was Donatello, drops a rock on one of the guys' heads. Um, and he goes, you know, just guns blazing. You know, forget who it could possibly be up there. Yeah. Guns blazing, can't find him, and then somebody grabs his foot, and I think that was no, that was Donnie. Yeah, that is Donatello. Yeah, yeah, and then the turtles. Uh, I think did Donnie smash the guy's gun? Yeah, he he uh, took the uh, magazine out of the magazine well, and then uh, smashed the gun into a rock, so it just shattered it. Yeah, that's man. I tell you what, you got to smash a gun pretty daggone hard to do that. I mean, if you know what you're depending back then when they just use M16s, it would have been a lot harder. But some yeah. of the guns they use now, or some of the rifles they use nowadays, you can kind of dismantle them pretty easily. But oh. anyway, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. He yeah, that's exactly he did the right thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, and then rap, uh, Michelangelo. I love this little shot. So you got this real gruff looking guy, and somebody I think Michelangelo taps on his head, steals his gun. He's like, huh? 
And then I love this little shot of Mikey uh, just kind of crawling on on all fours. He goes, hey, pal, didn't your mom tell you about these things? They'll put your eye out, kid. And uh, he's just smiling and like crazy. And I'm like, so there's Michelangelo's personality really showcasing there. And uh, Mikey scares him off. And then Skunk shows up. He's been spying. And uh, he shows up to confront Splinter. And there's a whole page spread on page 21, probably the coolest shot, I think, um, of Splinter and Skunk about to about to face off. All right. And look, just all the attention to, attention to detail and the colors, yeah. um, of course, for this color classic shot. It's really beautiful. So, um, my, oh, I love this. Splinter. Makes really short work of Skunk here. You know, he just kind of does like the Vulcan neck pinch or whatever you call that. Or nerve pinch, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of half paralyzes him. And then uh, Skronk tries to uh, punch him. Splinter moves out of the way real quick. And he goes, perhaps a crane crane stroke? Let me yeah. see. Hold still, you flea bitten. And then Splinter moves out of the way. Yeah, he's, it's crane strike here. And I love how he talks. He's giving commentary as he's fighting. That's how good he is. For those that don't know, there's no such thing as a crane strike. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. I think Daniel's son would disagree. It was just yeah, man. That what man? Okay, hold on, Karate Kid. Here, here we go. Here we go. That was an unrated. <laughs> he should have been disqualified. He did not win that tournament. It's really what? Yeah, man. He totally he kicked him in the face. It was an illegal face strike that he. Yeah, but the, the guy with. swept the leg before. Eye for an eye. Yeah, but <laughs> that dude was disqualified for sweeping the leg, and Danny, Dan, Daniel, yeah, Daniel Sanz should have been disqualified for kicking Billy Zabka in the face. Zabka, <laughs> he was supposed to win. He was the hero of the Karate Kid. No, oh, no way, no yeah, way. Daniel Sanz the best around. No, nah, dude, I'm sorry, Cobra Kai's are alive. gonna have to let you down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love. It. Well, uh, so. Uh, Splinter makes pretty short work of Skunk, and uh, Donatello, what he's been doing the whole time is, besides, you know, busting that one guy's gun, is finding their little headquarters, and he finds this little shabby place in the woods that's powered on solar panels, which I thought was a nice touch, yeah. and Donatello's going to sneak in there, and that's when he <laughs> finds their nuclear terrorists. weapon. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're concerned about global warming, but we have a nuclear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> And Donnie, you know, I love how it's all rigged up to that crossbow, too, the the uh, door. And he kicks open the door, and it just fires against the barbed wire fence. That was pretty cool. And he sneaks in, and he finds it, you know, the, this giant bomb, all right, this nuclear bomb here. And he goes, bingo! And then we get another battle scene where the two, uh, what are their names? Um, Bubba and Jim. Bubba and Spuds. <laughs> Spuds. Man, what great names. We got Puke, Spuds, Skunk, and Bubba. And they're looking around uh, the water, and another great spread here on page 29 of Raphael and uh, Leonardo just coming out of the water here and surprising the heck out of these guys. It's like a horror film. Beautiful artwork. Sure is, yeah. Great fight scene between the guys here, and, um, you know, once again, oh, there's one scene where the guy has his gun pointed at Leonardo, and Leonardo takes a katana and slices the barrel in half, but, like, lengthways or lengthwise. Pretty amazing. Pretty cool shot. And guys, you want to describe uh, the next couple of scenes? Go ahead. Well, I didn't read the book, so oh. <laughs> I didn't know I I didn't know I had it until because I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. And then instead of saying something to you guys and you know figuring this whole thing out like a week ago when I should have, I don't know. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles beat up hillbillies and it's amazing. And that's yes. pretty much it. 
<laughs> what you ever wanted to know or ever wanted to see. Yeah. Well, there's a scene where I, I really like this uh, really cool panel here where Raphael's about to kill a man. He's got him pinned underneath the stream, and you see his face beneath the surface of the water, like looking so panicked. And guess who has to intervene? The voice of reason, Splinter. And he goes, Raphael, stop. Don't kill that man. And uh, Raph goes, oh, heck, I was just having a little fun. That was a horrible Raph voice. I don't know what I was doing there. Um, so moving on. It's too much 2003 Ninja Turtles for you, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn, man. Just because you're I'm underneath Brooklyn. Brooklyn doesn't mean you talk like that. All right, never mind, sorry. Hey, forget about it. All right, so we <laughs> we move on, and Kronk, he gets he goes into his Jeep. Or Kronk, not, not Klunk. Get uh, skunk. Oh, jeez. He's going back to the yeah, path. Yeah, Skunk. Don't get me there. Homeward bound in the path. Ooh. Terrible combination. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets his remote control and goes, you know what? I'm going to blow this place up. I don't care. And he gives this long, kind of scary monologue here. Splinter's trying to talk some reason into him. He goes, Skunk, listen to me. You must consider your path more carefully. Consider the thousands of innocents who will perish if you unleash the fury of your bomb. And Skunk, I'll just go ahead and read what he says. It's pretty interesting here. He says, Can it, Fido? Because he still thinks he's a dog. That's how smart he is. I don't take orders from flea-bitten commie rats like you. Besides, there are no innocents. We are all guilty of letting America slide from greatness into the muck of mediocrity, allowing our perfect nation to become a haven for unwholesome aliens like you. The committee to rebuild American patriotism would have changed all of that. We would have begun a nuclear tidal wave, which would would have sweep this country, the world, clean. He says, in this little box, I hold the power. And even though I can't use it the way I planned, I will use it. And boy, he uh, he's definitely right about that. He has full intentions of just blowing himself up here and, and everybody along with it. This dude talks for like a half hour. The turtles could have stopped him. They, had, yeah, they all have throwing weapons. Just throw a sword at him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, but Splinter, he's the peacemaker here, at least. He says, why must others die for your statement, Skunk? Uh, Can you not think of a uh, less lethal manner of communication? And he goes, no, nobody notices unless there's blood. Nobody listens unless there's pain. All right, and then, pretty much, he pulls the trigger. Uh, Well, actually, before that, Donatello's, he goes, guys, duck, seriously, get some cover here. And Wes may think, well, why didn't they just duck into their shells? They can still do that, can't they? Well, you know what? Because Peter Laird is that kind of analytical guy, I don't think these are the kind of – not every turtle can actually go into their shells. Oh, okay. I so maybe the, these turtles aren't the kind that go into their shells, you know? Well, well we yeah, know that they yeah. can because of the coming out of their shells tour. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Oh, there it is. He I said love it. he didn't want Rob to cry, so I wasn't going to bring it up. Coming out of our shells. <laughs> Stones. Yeah. Oh. All right, so uh, Skunk says, for America, click. And the turtles take cover, and he blows up. But basically, it was just him. And we find out why during the epilogue, you know, where they go, say, how'd that work, uh, Donatello? What'd you do? Oh, okay, this is a great little part here. So... They're they're kind of celebrating like, whew, we we saved everybody, you know. This is except for Skunk, uh, <laughs> you know. This could have been so much worse. And what Donatello did is he actually took some some part of it out to where it wouldn't be as destructive. Um, it wouldn't and, go nuclear, uh, yeah. Right, right, right. So 
Donnie te- uh, kind of reveals a little bit of his, his conscience here. He says, I guess certainly the shaped explosive charges made a big enough bang, though far from the intended fission reaction. A man died yesterday. A sick, deluded, misguided man, yes, but still a living being. I could never agree with his logic or methods, but I can sympathize with him with his most basic aim. He says, after all, in this world plagued by terrorism and poised on the brink of nuclear Armageddon, who doesn't want to survive? The end. So kind of a powerful message there. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a far cry from the Donatello who was opening a can and killing people at uh, just a few just a few issues ago, you know, before, uh, I think it was the, with the Triceratons or maybe even before that. I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, you, you kind of see more of a human side to Donatello here, and I really like that. It's excellent stuff. So, Hosers, real quickly, what, what did you guys think of this issue? I really like the uh, just the simplicity of uh, what book are we reading? Ninja Turtles uh, taking on just some backwoods survivalists. You know, I mean that's that's yeah. a really cool. That's what I love about Northampton uh, because there's there just always seems to be a really weird story that happens in Northampton somehow. You know, and just yeah. you know, like the next issue in the Ultimate Collection here is number fourteen, which is one of my favorite ones, which is the Unmentionables. Can't wait till we get. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know I when. Skunk gave his monologue from the little bit of it that I read while you were reading it. I I can't disagree with this message. Like nobody cares until something. That's sadly happens. true. You know, especially yeah. given my experience, nobody gives a darn until something bad goes off. You know, and I I definitely under I don't agree again. I don't agree because sure. he was gonna you know, take out thousands of people. You know. Yeah. But uh, I definitely agree with his his uh, not his methods, but like what his uh, argument was. I understand what his argument was. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely a good issue. Definitely a Peter Laird issue where it was more more philosophical. Like if Ken Eastman tried doing this, it would have been this huge showdown in the farm with like people just throwing people on top of like (laughs) combines and explosions, (laughs) and you know it would have been cool, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been deep. You know, yeah, it was uh, definitely really different than most turtles uh, comics, at least up to this point. I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. like talking about uh, the Cold War, and it's funny that it's still pretty relevant after like thirty years. Especially um, nowadays, yeah, right, yeah. It's just it's really crazy, and uh, and and I liked at the end, like you were saying, like Donatello, uh, where he said, "I can sympathize with his most basic aim." Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting, you know, because there's like, like Rock Study was saying, there's some truth in what he's saying, um, even though we might not agree with it. And I think it's cool to point out that even if you don't agree with somebody, that you should try to learn from, you know, what their message is, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really yes, cool. Yes, the Power Rangers are fine. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't say anything. I like that. And Power then Jay Weezy you know. hit the button, like, nope, you're taking, you're taking out. You're out. You're gone. Yeah, disconnected. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you guys. Um, I really like – boy, we're only 12 issues into this this series, this whole Turtle series here, and they've been in space. They've been in New York City. They battled Shredder. Shredder's come yeah. back. Uh, they battled Triceratons, uh, Utrams, and now they're battling terrorists. I mean, in 12 issues, think about how much yeah. has happened. Think about how the tone of each issue has changed and, and where things have come from and where they're going. Uh, it's just fascinating to me, and I love the action scenes. I really like this little one-shot story. Really excited for what's coming next. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this issue, and I'd give it about an 8 out of 10. I thought it was really solid. And believe it or not, still kindly 
relevant today, like you guys were saying. So, so good stuff there. Um, guys, if you have any feedback on this particular issue that you'd like to write into us, you know, don't hesitate to, to send us an email or give us a call. Um, again, like Jay Weezy said, there's links on the, our official turtleflakes.com website. One click away and, and give us a call. We'd love to hear from you about this issue. Really enjoyed it. As for the next issue, we will be returning to the Fred Wolf cartoon, the original cartoon. And I just looked at the list here. It looks like we what's on the menu is Invasion of the Punk Frogs. Yay. That was, yeah. Is it the Karate was... Frog Creatures? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think it is with, uh, what was his name? Uh, Genghis Frog, Genghis Napoleon Frog, Bonafrog. Napoleon Bonafrog, <laughs> Napoleon Bonafrog and Rasputin and, uh, the Mad Frog. Ras- ah, I always forget <laughs> Rasputin, yes. Napoleon so, um, Bonafrog. I know you can't go wrong with that, and uh, uh, that issue came out on November nineteenth of nineteen eighty eight, and was from season two, and it's episode eight. Um, it was right after the Enter the Fly episode, and just before Splinter No More. So we will be covering that on the next uh, episode of Turtle Flakes, episode one thirteen, and we'll have our good buddy Anthony Hernandez on that episode. So a lot to look forward to next Saturday. Guys, thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for for all the support. Thank you for the feedback we got this week. We really got a lot, and I encourage our listeners. Again, the um, request of the week, if you've never called before, please let us know, you know, let us know what got you in the turtles. We'd love to hear from you, and we would air it on the show. It's just always fun to hear from uh, our listeners. Yeah, you're, you're probably on your phone anyway, so go to turtleflakes.com. On the left-hand side, scroll down. There's a bunch of links. Uh, it says uh, call the TurtleCom hotline. Just click that, and your phone will call it. And while Excellent. you're there, while you're there, there's a uh, subscribe via RSS on Android or subscribe on iTunes. If you click either one of those, you can subscribe. Uh, and we recommend that you resubscribe if you're on Android. Right, right, absolutely. Well, guys, um, you know the question we all want to know before we close out another totally tubular episode of Turtle Flakes is what kind of pizza are we gonna have today? Dude, I think we gotta throw some hummus on this. Yeah, I think that's legit. Yeah, probably disgusting, but you know, topical. <laughs> what, what if well, we just hummus. make a veggie pizza, man? Yeah, veg. Oh, yes. Ooh, yeah. How about yeah, veggie pizza, but instead of like red tomato sauce, you use the hummus as the sauce. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is yeah. kind of like a pizza instead of a hot pizza. You know, you just kind of like sounds good to me. Sounds good. Yeah. What kind of veggies do we want on there, Josh? I want some. Let's see. Want some green peppers? Want some black olives? Uh, mushroom and broccoli. All right, mushroom and good. broccoli. Okay, all right, dudes and dudettes. Well, here's to hoping. Actually, first of all, thank you for thank you for listening. Uh, and here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, and a make a slice of veggie. So that's green peppers. Just say veggie. <laughs> you're gonna be here all day. Oh no, wait, wait, no, I can, I got it's this. Because Rourke said it, so it's, 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 it's every time you say it. Every time, well, yeah, well, I, okay, okay, I think I remember, I think I do. Okay, Rourke we got to uh, like, remember the number twelve, and Rob would be like, "What? Oh, wait, what? number 17? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the hoping you enjoy a mega slice of green peppers, black olives, mushroom, and. Broccoli? broccoli? Broccoli, yes, broccoli. <laughs> uh, hummus sauce pizza. So, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Hey, speaking of June, guys, if you if you seriously want to come in, um, Fanboy Expo, I think it's the last week in June. I think so. I think Nicole wants me to go. That'd be amazing. You can fly down, Dude, man. I'm and I'm just, to... I'm just nervous about, you know, just, I, I don't know what I'm nervous about, but like Nicole wants me, she's like, you should go. I was like, do you just want me out of the house? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Okay, fine. Are you nervous just... to meet us? We're not that bad. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm nervous about because I don't, I don't know if she wants just me to go or if she wants all. Because I can't get her to answer that question. I don't know why, but <laughs> I don't know if she wants all the kids to go. And then if, if it's all of us, all seven of us, then my concern is cost. Oh, because sure. getting there. We're not driving all the way out there. I'm sorry. Love you guys, but we're not driving like 21 hours. Oh, no, I couldn't blame you. Oh. Yeah, and um, if we're going to fly down there, that's going to cost a lot of money to get tickets for seven people and then go down there. But if she wants just me to go, then I feel bad because she's here with all five of the kids by herself. Oh, and I mean, I, know I mean, her mom lives 10 minutes away, so she's not going to be by herself. Yeah. But... You know, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. So it's oh, understandable if you if you can't make it. You know, it's completely understandable, buddy. But uh, yeah. you know, it'd be nice to see you if you decide to come, man. It'd be awesome. I'm. I'm. Very, honestly, I'm very much considering it. I, you know, it's just. It just. Josh I need needs to hear a. Uh, Josh needs a, a bed buddy. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm. I'm thinking I'm probably gonna come because. Uh, so my wife just started a new job at the same place that I'm at, and I've been there longer, so I'm pre- I am have to check, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up with, like, more vacation than her, so I'm going to have time I need to burn anyway, probably, so I think I'm probably going to go. Uh, yeah, and- awesome. yeah, just give her your login information and be like, hey, just punch me in and punch me out when you go and leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm probably going to go, um, and if I do, dude... Um, yeah, we could if, if we need we could figure out figuring out a hotel dude. Okay. Bunk up together or whatever and you know. Heck yeah. I'll just chip in uh, for y'all to you know just and then, to come. And I'll be like That's what he said, but no, I'm saving money dude now. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean literally a couple. Here, go get a whopper. Yeah. <laughs> Make that last over three days. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. If uh, if we need to bunk up together, I got the hotel, dude. You're covered. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, there's cool. another reason, buddy. I'm covered as long as I come by myself. If I come with like my whole clan, yeah, you'd be well, like, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that. <laughs> hey guys, Rob here. I just wanted to thank you all again for listening to another episode of Turtle Flakes, and thank you all for all the support and your listenership over the years. Couldn't do it without you guys. It's been a wonderful ride. And um, I just wrote this little uh, song here. It's the first song I've written in quite some time. Uh, probably ever since, oh, what was it? Uh, Who Could Be Better Than Shredder? Does anyone remember that, Jim? <laughs> oh, God. So anyways, this one's equally as bad, if not worse. It's written in the style of Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. Hopefully I don't ruin that song for you after this. Uh, And this is dedicated to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the wonderful turtle power that has persevered over the years. And, of course, to the main guys themselves, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, Anyways, I call this What a Radical World. Have a great week, guys. And, as always, cowabunga. I see teams of green, red, purple, blue. I see a slice and orange too And I think to myself What a radical world I see Kevin and Pete Sheets of white Drawing each day 
Writing each night And I think to myself What a radical world The cover of the issue So pretty in our sight And so began the turtles Their futures looking bright See turtles on the screen Shouting Booyakusha They're really saying Cowabunga I hear my son crying I watch him grow That's turtle power That's all I know When I think to myself what a radical world I think to myself What a radical world